trigger warning for gore, violence, and discussion of sexual assault. Podcast with two friends gathered by the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Jillian. And I'm Luke. And today we're talking about The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad is a 2021 film directed by James Gunn, mm-hmm. uh, released uh, last weekend, August 2021. Yes, very so, recent. We both saw this in the theater for the first time since the pandemic, for me at least. What about you? Same for me. Yeah, it's been a while. I know. It was interesting. It was really fun to go to the theater. I was almost, like, nervous. Like, I was, like, going to a date or something. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird in the sense it's just been so long. I was like, I don't know what's going to the theaters like, but it was good. And it was yeah. a good place to see it. Yeah, I liked it. And the theaters were doing, like, really good with the distancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. I find I find seeing a movie in the theater and like seeing it in your living room is t- normally a really different experience. Um, which, speaking of the, so starting off, this film is way better than the other one. Um, though I still have some gripes with it, but I come from a very unique perspective in that I did not hate the other one uh, nearly as much as most people. That being said, I think I only saw it once in the theater with my family, and I was like, yeah, that was okay. <laughs> now, huh. that being said, I don't disagree with anyone's criticisms of it. It's all true. I just, I can't say that I had a horrible time watching it. I had, like, a fine time, and some elements I found amusing, Um but yeah, it's still objectively not a great movie. And what it does really poorly, which this one improves on immediately, is the first one did not understand the assignment. It did not understand what the Suicide Squad was for, which is just a very basic, like, foundational problem of the first movie is why are these people the ones doing this? Whereas this one, it immediately i think the opening sequence is actually maybe my favorite part of the movie because it establishes how it's different and it also establishes like these people are expendable and that is the point of them thank you yes the first the 2016 suicide squad movie which i did not like at all Mm -hmm. uh didn't really seem to get that the whole point of this mission was that the reason that they're sending these supervillains is that it's too dangerous of a mission to send anyone that, like, when they die, it matters. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so they also, send the people that it doesn't matter if they die because they're bad. There's also the element of, like, it's kind of sketchy. Like, we don't want people knowing about this, you know? Yes. Um, which I think you had told me too. It's like, if you get caught, like, we never talked. You're just a supervillain doing supervillain stuff, you know? Well, if they get caught, their head gets blown up. Yeah, that's true. So, like, again, it doesn't, like, if something goes wrong, it doesn't matter. I also really appreciated, I think, I, I don't know how some trailers get released in how... 
there's so many bad trailers out there for like one misrepresenting what the movie is going to be and then everyone is mad at the movie even if it's good because it's not what was advertised um which has happened to countless movies including the 2016 film yes and also like just giving away way too much and i really appreciated so the opening scene is our entire team that we are introduced to it basically gets massacred and we learned that this was a diversion by um who's the who's uh, amanda waller yes amanda waller thank you this was a planned diversion she sent them in to die which also makes so much sense we kind of like um I, one of the questions in the first movie is why why is harley quinn here she's she doesn't have superpowers and in this one they literally send her like they they send her to die like <laughs> and she doesn't which is good because she's harley quinn but um it just it makes so much more sense logically and shoot what was my point oh in the trailer most most of what you see is this first team and then it kind of does that uh i don't think deadpool did this in the trailer but they did it when like everyone of the team he built died very quickly except for like a few people um it kind of does that where it's like everyone who you thought was going to be an important character in this movie or most of them are now dead but they also didn't go too far to like mislead you they were they didn't like lie to you they just like Said, hey, there's lots of characters in this movie. Yeah. But it's also the Suicide Squad, so they're going to die. Yeah. No, that part, that was very, I, yeah, I think that that was honestly, like, the my favorite part of the film. And, like, when the final guy, sorry, I feel like I'm going to get ahead of <laughs> Okay, so we're introduced to this one dude who um, we've never met before. He, like, throws a rubber ball. He kills a bird. So you're like, fuck this guy. Um, and, uh, they're, like, introducing him, and through introducing him, you kind of, like, meet everyone, and you have, uh, Flula, which I'm really, Flula's, like, an old-school YouTuber, and he's been getting quite a few small parts in movies like this, and I'm just, like, very excited every time I see him. He's I the did one, notice that, too. He's the one with the, the javelin. I don't remember what he was called. Um, Mr. Javelin. Oh, <laughs> makes sense i think that uh, was his name and there's quite a few like bit actors like uh nathan fillion and pete davidson who was so he was so briefly in the movie but i really like the bit that it was literally like a few seconds but he was like j- <laughs> pretending that he was gonna like pull his gun on one of the guards um and i just thought that that was a cute joke no, I this whole first team, which like it's not worth going over all them specific individually because they're they're so brief and basically their whole characters are kind of jokes in that regard. Yeah, but like well constructed ones. Oh, uh, and we have but, Boomerang who was in the first movie. I I liked this whole intro thing. I liked how it all happened when they were all brought together. The team was like united. And the helicopter drops them off. Mm -hmm. uh, And they forgot to check that the weasel could swim. The weasel couldn't swim. He just instantly died. Which was like, wow. Someone look at the paperwork, please. Yeah. And then uh, they get to this beach. And Pete Davidson's character, uh, like, instantly is like, hey, guys, I'm betraying you all. Yeah. Which was such a dumb plan. (laughs) Why? What do you mean? 
Pardon? What do you mean? It was like such a dumb plan because the bomb would still be in his head. Oh yeah, that's true. So that's like the true. second he would get up that. there, if Amanda Waller didn't like know that this was what she was wanting, like if he actually tried to betray him, she'd just instantly blow his head off. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So he, this was just like such a dumb, such a dumb supervillain move. Um. But yeah, so he betrays them, but they like immediately shoot him in the face. Like the yeah. opposition, who's like the army of this island that they're trying to get onto. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and and so they're like completely overwhelmed. Like they weren't supposed to have this many people know that they were there, but because he sold them out, which also Amanda Waller knew about. So like, who knows how that I all think worked she out. planned that. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, so they're all getting massacred. So our first guy who we were, who was like our, our audience, um, character who we got introduced to everyone through is watching all of this happen. Uh, everyone's very gruesomely getting murdered. Not everyone, but almost everyone. And he like screams and decides to run away, which I also liked because it was just a very human reaction. Um, and so they blow his head off. Yes. And uh, the uh, the blood in the water creates like what did it what logo did it create? It said Warner Brothers presents. When that happened, there was like multiple people in the audience who who clapped. the The introduction was just really really tight and like really good for establishing the vibe. Ooh, also the the characters of the um the office who are, like, running the missions. I also really like them um, betting on who's going to die and stuff. It was very uh, Cabin in the Woods, if you've ever seen that, which the office people, the office-like characters, like, sort of this, the the juxtaposition between these people doing this sort of a very intense and gruesome job, but doing it mundanely is always entertaining for some reason yes so i I, I like the office characters i have a problem with the office characters that i have to get to a lot later yes i think i I have that same problem Uh, the last thing i want to say about the intro was i thought it was really cute the relationship harley had with boomerang yeah but they like established i didn't like boomerang that much in the last movie yeah so i liked it fine but he was kind of nothing like they didn't give him that much attention and even though in this film he has so much shorter screen time i felt they did a better job they actually did this fairly universally better than the last film a a better job at establishing the character in a short period of time and also establishing like relationships that felt real so you cared yes like when harley got on the plane for the mission uh or the helicopter for the mission and she said, hi, boom. Yeah. And then they just had like a little chitter chat. And then when they're on the beach and she sees him get, like, she sees him get hit with the helicopter explosion. Yeah. She's like genuinely upset. Yeah. And we as the audience are genuinely upset for her. Yeah. Because even though we know they're all kind of terrible, they instantly made him so much more likable than mm-hmm. the entire last film. And again, it's like what i was saying i don't know why i keep coming back to this (laughs) 
But it's like what I was saying, complaining about with Frozen was they did such a good job at immediately establishing an implied past relationship. And they do that multiple times. They do that later, too, with um, uh, Idris Elba's character and the soldier. They immediately imply a past relationship, which kind of brings you on board to them having a close current relationship. So uh, basically now... Uh, everyone's dead. The last javelin's last thing, uh, last words before he's dead because he gets shot very quickly. Is he mm-hmm. gives Harley Quinn her his javelin? Yeah, and he tells her it's for something important, but he can't. He dies before he says what it is. Yeah, which she gets very mad at him for, which yeah. I thought was funny. Like you're being very rude by dying on that before was finishing funny. the speech. I was worried they were gonna do that joke where somebody like it the joke that's in zombie land where like bill murray dies and then he like exhales for way too long and it and it makes it funny mm-hmm. i it looked like for a second they were gonna do that exact joke and i was like you can't just steal that joke <laughs> so i was very glad instead she just slapped him in the face yes it was just funny um yeah so she gets captured and then the who is the soldier guy rick lax rick Rick, flag rick flag uh he like runs off into the jungle and gets captured yes and Uh, so then we transition to this other beach and we see that there is a second team of people coming in and they have no soldiers and like no one there mm -hmm. because and amanda waller had done this whole thing so that there was a diversion so they could get in and we flash back and sort of our main character is idris elba and he is what is his name he's blood sport blood sport um and amanda and- waller basically gets him to join the team by threatening to throw his daughter in a in jail where she, she will be crime. then murdered and it would kill her yeah and I really liked that because I really liked them. They, they, it was like they tried to do that in the last movie, like get across how cutthroat Amanda Waller is, but she would be stupid about it. Like when she just like killed the people who are working for her for like no apparent reason. Whereas this time it's like she's completely amoral like that, but for a purpose. Which makes it scarier and like more. It just makes it. It just makes it more effective. Now this might you might find this interesting, especially after what you just said. Okay. But uh, it has been widely reported that originally Idris Elba was cast to play Deadshot, replacing Will Smith as the actor. Yeah. So he was going to play the same character mm-hmm. as Will Smith. Well, it's but then, very the last character. minute, uh, Will Smith basically said, "I might come back in the future." Yeah. So they they said, "Okay, well, we'll make Idris Elba play someone else then." Yeah. So if you want to come back, it's there for you. Uh, yeah. Well, which was all- a, it's- which is why there's so much overlap in yeah. character development, but also Idris Elba makes it entirely his own too. Yeah, it's basically the same character on paper. Like, it's very obvious that he's the replacement for the Will Smith character. Mm -hmm. But I really like Idris Elba in this role. Um, I I really like him in general. But yeah, he does he does, I remember you talking to me about this earlier, is that 
Will Smith is not great at being a bad guy. Um, Will Smith is just very likable. Yeah, and Idris Elba brings that better. He's still... Uh, my main problem... Well, one of my main problems, as we get into the second team of this movie, is I still feel like this movie struggles with having... It's like they don't... They don't want our main characters to be as bad as I think they should be. And they kind of shy away from it sometimes in making sort of the the other bad guys worse and I don't know I don't personally I don't think we necessarily need that and I think it kind of comes across like I don't know it disingenuous sometimes like you can have anti-heroes and you can have people who are like bad but good at heart or whatever but i i just don't think that's the point of the suicide squad movies i could be wrong i don't know but for me i found the film is so irreverent so much of the time and then it would very suddenly want you to take certain things seriously um and i found that with a problem with most well, I guess really just the the rat catcher and Idris Elba's character. Well, let's go uh, over the five characters from Idris Elba's team. Yeah, so it's so Idris Elba. So you brought Elba. up rat catcher, so let's go over rat catcher two. So let's go over them. Yes, and I I like her. Um, I, I actually adored rat catcher too. Yeah, I like her a lot. Actually, they never tell us like why she's in prison. Yes, they do. Do they? What What did she do? Armed robbery, because they considered the rats a weapon. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she was just a robber. So she makes sense for being... She's definitely the most moral and emotional of everyone. She's mm. basically... A selfish Robin Hood. Yeah, like she's not, she's objectively not a bad person compared to everyone else who's like hired assassins and stuff. She just robbed somewhere. So she makes the most sense for being more emotional, I guess. <sighs> which is. She was moralistic, which I liked. She was also kind of very different from the rest of the team, which is like all super assassins. Yeah. Like, these really strong buff men who are super assassins. And she was just like, I just steal jewelry from banks. So I'm, like, not in the mood to travel through a whole jungle like this. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I kind of thought... At first I was like, oh no, are they going to make a bunch of millennial jokes? But they they used it well in the sense that, like, she's just... That's not what she does. So it makes sense that she wouldn't want to... She wouldn't be used to this the way they are. I think there could have been more attention with that like because it's not inherently uninteresting to have to explore the dichotomy between like criminals who steal things and criminals who murder people all the time right like that's very that's a very different level of like morality and like having them work together and being expected to like and forced into doing this really intense stuff but it's not like super explored and i'm not sure how i feel about that she's very accepting of everyone else 
And I feel like if I was in her position, I'd be a little more freaked out that I was with all these people who just, like, are really chill about killing people. I don't know. Um, I don't I, know how I feel I about never that. got that vibe. I just liked her character a lot. I thought it worked really well, No, I still throughout. really like her character. But I did find... I really like her, and I really like her character. I found how they did her backstory very jarring every time I, they did it. Oh, what? Oh, I disagree strongly. Really? I liked her backstory a lot. I liked uh, how they did it with the half flashback, and then there was that one scene where you kind at the end, which we won't spoil just yet. We'll get to there at the end. But the scene itself where she's on the roof of a building with her dad uh and he explains why he picked rats because they people see them as the scum of the earth so uh if people can make rats useful then maybe the scum of the earth isn't that bad yeah i I love that the way they word it and like the relationship and the heart in that moment i just thought it was so sweet i really didn't like it and it's not from the the scenes in isolation are all fine, but everything else in the film is so irreverent and doesn't want me to take it seriously and nothing is genuine. I, I disagree with like, you on that too. Very suddenly, I'm supposed to take these very like charming and like genuine scenes with like a father and daughter seriously and be emotional about it. And I just found it like very whiplashy emotionally. Oh, I, I, I know this doesn't mean much, but I just felt so differently about it. I I had such... I thought they were handled beautifully. That's interesting. Also, the re- I liked the dynamic that Idris Elba was terrified of rats. Yeah. And no one knew that before they put him on the Me team too. with Rat See, Catcher. What I, what I would have preferred is they they both have a really good conversation at one point, and it's it's where they bond a lot and he starts he says that she reminds him of his daughter and i thought that was really good that felt very like genuine that was another thing this movie did better than the first one which was giving them multiple bonding moments so that you you they if at least if they didn't care very strongly about each other they still had a relationship with each other and um yeah she asks him why he's so scared of rats and he says um, I, I don't know, one time when he made a mistake with his father, who's obviously a very bad man, he locked him in a cage for 24 hours with a bunch of hungry rats. And she says, I think it's, I think this is when there is a flashback. And she says, like, despite my father's issues, um, cause he was a drug addict and that's what ended up killing him. Um, despite my father's issues, he loved me. And I wish I could give that to you. And that was a really nice interaction. For me, I think it would have been way more effective without the flashback if it was just the dialogue. No, I disagree. I think that film is a show-don't-tell medium. If she just told it the whole scene, I would have just been like, oh, you have to show me this. I want to see the love from your father. I don't want you to just say, oh, there was love there. No. I just I don't like I, it. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm not though. That's the thing. I, no, I I get what you mean, but I disagree. I just I wouldn't feel the same way. Okay. Uh, um. Yeah. So we okay. So yeah, we have rat catcher. 
Um, we have uh, John Cena, who's peace, peacemaker. peacemaker. He, I love the inclusion of his character with Idris Elba's character, and it was they do a joke that I thought was really funny, where Amanda Waller is like telling the other people she's doing her very serious like description rundown of who uh, Idris Elba's character is, and it's all like, oh, he shoots every target he shoots at and he can make anything a deadly weapon and his father taught him how to fight since he was old enough and blarty blar she says the exact same thing like verbatim for john cena's character which is a very funny joke and then it immediately it's also because she's like oh we pick everyone for their unique skills and then they have the exact same skills um and it starts up a really good rivalry between <laughs> John Cena and Idris Elba, but it's like sort of like uh I don't know, it's like a like a cheeky rivalry, like Legolas and um the dwarf guy from Lord of the Rings, sort of, where they're like counting who can kill people the most and stuff. Yes. And I also liked John Cena's character as a villainous um interpretation of American values. And I thought that that was, like, really cool. And I just, I liked seeing it portrayed that way on screen, especially from an American film. I feel like they don't often allow that. Yes. Uh, I liked John Cena's character a lot in a lot of ways. There's a few times, uh, there's a few times that they gave him, like, just bad jokes. Oh? I don't remember. Uh, do you remember the lecture hall they were all sitting in yeah and the whole film stops so he can say hey starfish sometimes it's called a butthole is that this a butthole oh i, I didn't like, think oh. that was a bad joke like maybe a comedian better comedian could have done that but like that was asking too much of john cena no i like that joke that hit in my theater oh, that did not hit my theater i thought it was funny because it was showing that he was dumb <laughs> Like, that was the point of the joke. Okay, well, I thought it was dumb as a dumb joke, but I get it in that regard. Okay. But they didn't do, ask him to do too many jokes anyway like that. Uh, yeah. Yes, I liked how they had the dynamic between him and Idris Elba. Mm -hmm. But also, there was a, cert a sort of respect that, like, Idris Elba was still in charge. Yeah. And if John Cena didn't like it, he wasn't, like, trying to take over. He was just like, ugh, be better. Yeah. Which was good, because that would have been annoying. Peacemaker's whole, like, motto is he's very, like, um, American and into, like, peace and liberty and stuff. But his whole thing, which he says to Ratcatcher at some point, he's like, uh... Like, oh, how does he phrase it? But he's like, I love peace with all my heart, and I don't care how many people I have to kill to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Which... Ratcatcher just looks at him like, oh my gosh, you sound insane. Yeah. Which is Which... hilarious, but also so his character. Like, we see that happen, yeah. like, come to fruition. Um, Which is just really fun as a character. Uh, and then we have Polka Dot Man. And... I was terrified when I learned, like, Polka Dot Man was going to be more than just a joke character. Uh-huh. 
because Polka Dot Man in every other version is just a joke, which is fine. Like, that's what the character is. And I was like, uh oh, is this going to be just like a constant annoying joke the whole movie? Yeah. But they made him very sympathetic, yeah. very likable, and very, like, just a good character, I thought. They did. I really liked him. And I liked that he was the most human of them he was almost the most normal weirdly like kind of Mm -hmm. like a normal person um and basically his backstory was that his mother had been obsessed with making her children into superheroes so she kind of like infected them all and and he she killed some of them and he didn't end up dying and he got infected with this like polka dot disease (laughs) so he like the po- he has to like throw up all these polka dots like twice a day or whatever or they'll like kill him and he just kind of like gets these polka dot welts but he when he releases them they're kind of like little uh, I don't know like little razors or something and they can like chop people up or like chop stuff up I got like an acidy thing like little acid discs oh like this- you thought they were acidy no I thought they I, were they like little blades things. they never just cut them they burn things I didn't think they burn things yeah, I thought anyway, they had a it, burning effect after. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm but pretty confident. Regardless of whether they burned or not, besides them feeling silly, they are actually a pretty useful superpower. They could have used him way more, actually, like in terms yeah. of fighting. Yes, but he which doesn't... I kind of liked how... In this film, which I know we keep comparing to 2016 version. I mean, that's fair enough. It's a remake of it, basically. Yeah, uh, but the in the 2016 version, their quote powerful character yeah. was the fire dude, but like he just wouldn't use his powers because he was scared of them. Yeah, because he hurt someone last time. Yeah, and it was like kind of annoying because they kept getting almost dead, and it's like, dude, you have fire powers, please just burn the thing. Yeah, and it was annoying because it was such a poor decision. It was like an annoying choice that he just kept making. Nope, I won't save your life mm-hmm. or help because I don't, I'll feel sad. But in this one, uh, the reason is that he can only use it like so much at a time. Uh, and also, oh, he's is that kind the of, I, I think didn't so. realize that. Huh. But more importantly, it's also he's not a soldier or a fighter like yeah. the other people. He's not really a bad guy. He's just not well. No, and he 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 says like I I don't like killing people, but if I imagine them to be my mom, then it's pretty easy cuz he fucking hates his mom fairly since she killed multiple of his siblings and infected them all. So, that's also a running joke where like things will turn into his mom, which didn't hit for me super, like that much, but it did it hit in my theater really hard. Wow, our theaters had very different jokes that we liked. No, it hit in my theater. Like, other people really liked it. I personally didn't find that aspect that funny, but it didn't really, like, bug me that it was happening. Okay. Uh, I I liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, what was I going to say? I liked how they they handled how we have a powerful character, but he can't just use it all the time well Yeah. in this film. Uh, so I was glad they had Polka Dot Man right. Uh, and then the last one is King Shark. Yeah. 
who I thought I wasn't gonna like, but I actually I I ended up sympathizing with him a lot. He's kind of like the Groot character, you know? He's like big and lumbering and can't like fully speak and has like sort of childlike qualities while still being very dangerous. Yes. Very similar to Groot. Yeah. Um and he it's very hard to kill him, which I was relieved about, but we'll get to, to that later. Um so their their whole mission when they're they're on this island, which is a small country, and it used to be run by this family who I don't know, it they were like dictators, I guess. Um, but then they got murdered and now there's like new people in charge. And the new people in charge want to use this experiment that they have in this big, scary tower um, to, like, I don't know, attack America or something. So they're like, go take the tower down. I don't think they want to attack America. I think uh, they just, like, they want to use it for themselves. Because before, the old royal family would, like, let America do what they want with it. But the new people weren't going to let that happen. I don't think they never I don't think they were America letting America directly. Yeah. No, they were. The general wanted to release it on America. And no, then the president Yeah, he did. He says we could release it on America and then the president says, "No, we should use it to get power." But then the president dies and the general is in charge. I swear to you, they they do they are thinking about threatening America. Well, not even threatening, just releasing it on America. Okay. I'll, I believe... Okay, I'll believe you. I just am surprised by that, then. Why? That kind of makes it a little worse for me. I, they're nervous about these people having control of this thing. <laughs> well, that's Basically. What, yeah, we're told that the gov- Amanda Waller's sending them in to stop it because they're nervous. Yeah. That's so what she's, they're telling them. She's like, get to this tower, blow it up. That's their mission. Get to this tower, blow it up. So, <laughs> they're... On the, they're in the like jungle and they camp out and King Shark almost eats Ratcatcher. It's the first opportunity for all of them to have like a bonding moment, which is funny because he's trying to eat one of them, but it it works, um, because Ratcatcher's rat like wakes up. Who's so cute? Her little, she has like a top rat who like sits on her shoulder, and it's such a little cutie. And I'm so glad he didn't die. I was very concerned. Mm-hmm. Um. He wakes up Idris Elba and points and the King Shark is like almost about to eat her. And then Idris Elba shoots him so many times. It was really intense. I didn't realize it was like a stun gun or something. Was well, it a stun it was gun? It's just normal gun. It's just the King Shark seems to be bulletproof. He does. Yeah. So anyway, they, <laughs> they, they are like, hey, you can't fucking eat us, dude. Um, and then Ratcatcher suggests that they like be friends and you know friends don't eat friends fish are friends not food and uh (laughs) and yeah so then her and king shark kind of like have a bit of a closer relationship because she forgave him and he's never had friends before and he does want to have friends So that's their first bonding experience, and that's when they get a call from Amanda Waller that they should go save uh, Rick. What's his last name? Flag. Flag. Why do I keep wanting to say Rick Lax? Who is Rick Lax? I don't know. I, it's somebody. Anyway, 
Rick Flagg has been captured and they need to go get him and kill anyone in their, in their way. So they go on their first massacre, which was very entertaining in terms of creative murdering. Um, they, yeah. uh, this is sort of our main scene of Idris Elba and John Cena, like competing, which, uh, and it's very, very brutal, but it's like <sighs> brutal in a shocking way that doesn't go too far in my, not in my opinion, but for me personally and my like mm-hmm. level of dealing with things, this movie does go a bit too far for me to the point where it's like genuinely upsetting um, a few different times. For me, I was okay with this and it's probably because I deal better with human murder than like animal murder in movies. (laughs) Um, But I could tell, I could tell like halfway through, I was like, something's off about this. And they get to um, Rick and he's just like chilling with with them at the table and it turns out he he wasn't being held hostage he was saved and they basically just killed an entire camp of rebels who were doing nothing wrong and i did this was shocking and kind of funny in how fucked up it was but also i really liked it in terms of these are these are these are villains these are people who kill people all the time and it wasn't like they were like kind of embarrassed but it wasn't like like they don't spend the rest of the movie being like oh i can't believe i killed all those people like it's not that big of a deal for them it's just like kind of a kooky mistake you know yes i've heard a few people online who are like this bothered me and i understand that and i think maybe they could have worked a little harder to make them look a little more like soldiers like it bothered them halfway through i'm like there seems to be a lot of civilians here it bothered them because they thought that they should have known i think they were bothered because they figured out i don't think this is a military camp oh Uh, i thought it bothered them like oh you're murdering all these innocent people and if that bothered them yeah uh, i think it would have just worked a bit better if they made them like a little more militaristic I think that might have helped those people. It never bothered me too much well, because I don't know. it was in tone with the film. But it is a very dark scene yeah, that they it's... play for laughs. So if you can't handle that sort of thing, like it's just not the movie for you. But so is the first scene of the movie. So it's not like it doesn't tell you what you're getting into, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah. it is that type of movie. And it, it does, like it goes too far for me a few times where I don't find it funny anymore. I'm finding it upsetting but i don't think that's necessarily a problem with the movie that's just like a personal comfort level that's going to be different for different people for like how how dark can your humor go (laughs) um this movie does not treat human death with much significance no which it's not like which sounds bad but it's the it's what the film is when they say these are missions that people will die they do mean it this time like these people will die and that's part of the isn't it it's rated 18a isn't it uh in the u.s it's a hard r rating i'm not sure 
Wow. I think my Canadian rating it's fourteen plus, but that's our Wow That seems to be our equivalent to an R rating. I'm most surprised of the time. it's not more. Yeah. Um, no, but it's a very hard R. Yeah. So like this is not don't bring your kids to see this one. Speaking of, there was a there was a very small child in my theater and it was very distracting because I was very concerned for them seeing the shit that we were seeing. Like oh this my kid gosh, was mine too. This kid was like under ten and I was like, Why have you brought your child to this? They're gonna be traumatized. Like yeah. uh, that stressed me out a lot. Please no, don't bring but... your kid to this movie. So they find flag, uh they like are like, Okay, well we killed your whole team, but you have others and we'll use the, we'll work together to get them and save the country. Yeah. The leader of the resistance agrees to work with them anyway, because she hates the um, government so much. They killed her whole family. So she's like, you know, that sucks obviously, but I will work with you anyway. Cause mm -hmm. you know, you didn't mean to. <laughs> so it's just kind of a big whoopsie and they move on. Uh, the squad gets, has to get into the city, which they do. And then they talk for a bit, which we've already gone over. Uh, and then they're at the nightclub. Wait, wait, wait. This is when we meet Milton. Eh, I don't have much thoughts on Milton. Milton's I know. I just, I need to point it out because um, I really like the scene that happens later. Milton's the bus driver. He works for the resistance. So mm. he's driving them around. And they get, um, like, civilian cl cl clothes. Because basically what happened is the resistance knew where the dude who controls the starfish he controls project starfish did we even bring up starfish yet all we know right now is that project there's something called project starfish in that tower yeah that's and what's in the building there's a guy named the thinker who uh runs the experiments there and when at night he goes to this nightclub um yeah and i this is part part of what i appreciate about this movie is it does not overcomplicate the plot um because that's like not really the point like i've i've had this in in different movies where they just make it overcomplicated when it doesn't need to be so it's like they just the resistance knows where this guy is they tell them and they go and kidnap him and he gets them into the tower like that's such a good simple solution to getting mm -hmm. there which i really appreciated and um the bus driver, Milton, gives them all, like, civilian clothes so that they blend in. Um, and then they are there for, like, a few hours. So they get drunk and they hang out. And again, I really appreciated this. One, it's nice to get a few outfit changes during a movie. But also, um, it's another great opportunity for them to, like, bond. Mm -hmm. And they're all having fun at the nightclub. Uh, the military comes in and tries to arrest them. Ratcatcher and Polka Dot Man take him away while the military arrests the three, uh, Idris Elba, Rick Flagg, and John Cena. Yeah. They chat for a bit, and then uh, they escape, which was all part of the Idris Elba's plan. Yeah, them escaping was a fun sequence. Mm -hmm. It was just a good little action sequence of them all, like... Um, knocking out the guards and then they make the they like punch through the, the divide and they make the car crash by killing the drivers um mm -hmm. and yeah and then they they pull up rat catcher and polka dot man pull up in the van 
and they're all reunited. It's a it's a fairly again, it's a fairly simple solution to the problem, but it's done entertainingly and it doesn't need to be complicated because the point is like the characters and the action. Um uh so this is when uh Rick finds out about Harley. How does he find out about Harley? One of the guards told him, I think. Uh so he's like, okay, we have to go save Harley. Oh. Now So now let's go over all of Harley's plot up to this point. First of all, Harley is so much better written and presented in this movie than she was in Suicide Squad. The male gaze in the first Suicide Squad was so bad to the point where it's like, it's not just that she was sexual. Like, her... It was to the point where it didn't make sense, and her costume was so awful. Like, it wasn't even cute how they did it. It was really frustrating to me. There were elements of the last movie I really liked about the Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is so good that she managed to be pretty good despite all of the previous stuff. Yes, well, that's a thing. Margot Robbie is just a really good choice for Harley Quinn. Yeah. So it's hard. Even in the bad, even in bad movies, she does a good job normally. No, even uh, though I really but, don't like most of how her character was written, she's probably still my favorite character in that movie, you know? Well, I liked stuff like, I actually don't mind stuff like the hair color. They changed it. I don't mind the hair either. Red to black to pink and blue, which I thought, you know what? That's kind of like fun, different. I didn't mind the shirt as much. What did the shirt say last time? Daddy's little monster. I didn't mind that in the sense that at that time they were doing something interesting with the Harley Joker dynamic. Yeah. About what if instead of it being an abusive relationship, it was a sincere one? It was still abusive. It was still, yeah. But it was very different from, like, other comics and other medium, where he's okay. just, like, completely abusive to her. I don't know the comics, And he so. would abandon her for, like, forever if it was too much work. Okay. But, um, like, that that was kind of what they wanted to do with it. I don't think they really succeeded. It was, for but me, I, the first costume, I mean, I could say a lot of things, but it was really the fucking... They weren't even shorts. The, the problem underwear. with the shorts isn't even... It's not, it's not even how revealing they are. It's that they were not even flattering. Like, they weren't a good cut. And it's like, that's just, I don't know, it's just very frustrating to me. It was, I did not like that. Those shorts ruined all the best parts of that movie. Yeah. With her. Like, because every time you saw the shorts, like, why is Harley in her underwear? Yeah. And there was just no reason. And... Even Margot Robbie has brought up before. She's like, I don't know why I was in that before. Yeah. It seems stupid. Anyway, so her costuming, um, I loved in this film. And I loved um, her character, too. I I really liked what they did with her. Um, So in the original uh, massacre, when she gets the javelin, um, she gets captured instead of murdered. And they, like, put her in in a pit. And then... Um, she's like in there yelling and they throw her dress and then we see her she's like in this limo and she's all dressed up and they're like doing her makeup and she sees herself in the mirror and she's like oh I'm a princess which I thought was really cute Um, this entire scene right here 
actually the next few scenes with her I adored I thought that they were so funny and and unexpected and and smart I liked the idea of what they were doing here a lot so basically uh the general who took over no the president oh the president that took over who's uh, a very attractive man yes a pra- attractive man young guy he his whole country he believes his whole country really likes Harley because she's just like really anti-American and she stands up to like the <clears> bad <throat> people. So I was like, and okay, that's pretty cool. A very that, beautiful that would, woman. That like, makes sense. Like Harley Quinn is like a bigger name than like Bloodsport. Yeah. So sh- you wouldn't just want to kill her if you can use her like this. Well, and I like the movie acknowledging in the text that Harley is gorgeous. And I feel like they would acknowledge it. Like they acknowledge it in the first one where everyone's like staring at her. But I really appreciated that they were like, like practically, how would it change how she's treated? And mm-hmm. I thought that that was practical and also like just very fun and interesting way to take it. So basically the since everyone loves Harley, the president's advisors and the country wants him to be married because it's like more conservative, I guess. They like it's important for them that their leaders are married and stuff. Uh his advisors are like, hey, if you married Harley Quinn, people would really like that. So she's literally brought to the castle to like be taken on a date by the president. And they have a fun romantic date. Yeah, we have a big, like, very mini rom-com. But, like, the lighting of the film changes. And it's all very, like, romantic trailer. Like, it's very uh, cute and funny. Uh, They had very... I think you mean violent? Like, they had very not romantic sex. (laughs) Does that mean... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, like, passionate and violent and destructive. It's violent sex, but, like... They both were just really into it. Um. Wait, before that, though, they have this very romantic scene in the birdcage with all these, like, birds flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, they sleep together. He had, like, proposed, and she was like, yeah, which I also loved because Harley is so impulsive, and I also feel like she doesn't take anything seriously. Like, even if they got married, if she felt like... She, like, she would easily just, like, leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so she accepts the marriage proposal and they have sex. And then he's staring at the window and doing this, like, little villain speech about how he's going to send... Like, they have this big monster in the tower. And the previous people would send people there who they didn't like to get, like, eaten by the monster. And he's like, any any person who thinks I, I'm a bad president, they're their family and their kids and their whoever are all going to be sent there. Like, blarty, blarty, blar. And um, Harley, like, shoots him in the chest. Um, Which I also loved. And she was like, I promised myself... <laughs> I promised myself my next boyfriend, there was any red flags, I would do the right thing and kill him. Um, and it was just very cute and a very in-character way to deal with that situation. Yes. I want to talk about the sort of controversy with this scene. Okay. I like this scene a lot. It worked for me, but I also won't deny that when I heard the, the what people were feeling when they saw it, it's not a large group, but there are people who feel strongly about this. What scene? Uh, basically, they felt very 
uncomfortable with the dynamic that Harley Quinn uh, was brought to the brought to the prince and like forced to go on to a date. I know she was kind of into it, uh-huh. but basically she was forced to date the leader and marry him. And the movie frames it like, oh, this was a good thing that she was forced to go on a date with this guy or she would be killed. Which, they didn't ever say it implicitly, but it's pretty implied. Well, it's framed that way because Harley is having fun. But yes, Mm -hmm. it's bad. These are the villains. Yes, I know. I didn't personally see the scene that way, but I also can't deny that if you had a life trauma like that, like if you had gone through an experience of like a bad abusive relationship... I could see how this scene could trigger that. Yeah. And so, yeah. I didn't really know what to say about it, that, that thing, but I did feel it was relevant to bring up. That there was people online who and in the world who were like, I think this scene made me really uncomfortable that Harley Quinn was dressed up and brought to someone uh, to date them. Yeah. As a prisoner. I think it's... And the it's, fit movie frames it like, oh, but she's into it, so it's totally fine to, like, date and have... Uh, well, I don't to think date that... and have sex with your prisoners, because she's, like, totally into it. Yeah. And, like, I know that Harley is just kind of rolling with the punches, because that's just what she does. So she's like, oh, this is more fun. But uh-huh. I can see how people would say that. Well, the and thing... feel that way. I would argue... I can see that, too, but I don't think the movie is saying that this is an okay thing to do. Just because they're framing it in the way that they're framing it. I think they're framing it in that way because we're looking at it from Harley's perspective. But, like, I don't think doing that means that the film is saying that this is cool. Because it's a very, very evil man who's doing this. And an evil, like, thing. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I feel like they don't frame it that way. But I also won't deny that... If people feel that way, like, that's how they feel. So, I'm not gonna... I'm not... I just felt like that was an important part of this conversation. Yeah. But I... Harley Quinn in this movie is the best I've ever seen Margot Robbie do. Yeah. Uh, by far. Mm-hmm. Because she finally gets a good balance of being... Uh, Wild and crazy enough to have fallen in love with the Joker, but smart enough that she could have stayed by, she could have stayed in charge of such a powerful thing for so long. Yeah. Which is such a hard balance to do. Yeah. And the problem was that in the first Suicide movie, she was just kind of crazy. And in Birds of Prey, I felt like she was either too crazy or she was like too smart. Yeah. And this movie gets the balance just right. Well, she also, like, was hardly evil in Birds of Prey, which was a little bit of an issue. Yes, that movie had a bunch of issues. We'll probably have to go over it sometime. Yeah, that would be a good movie for the podcast. Um, But no, I loved Harley Quinn in this movie, and it was great. So yeah, after she kills the president, uh, she gets arrested, obviously, uh, because you're not supposed to do that. And... um, they put her in like the basement to like torture her for information um and this is kind of when our timelines collide so um rick and the team are like coming to rescue her and it's kind of like 
half-assed like it's a little implied that maybe they're still drunk or something they're like half in their civilian gear half in their like combat stuff and they're like getting ready to break in and stuff and meanwhile harley in the basement which i also loved and i felt like this was such a good um like in the last movie we had that um sequence of her doing all this gymnastic stuff right and then it like hardly really mattered and in this movie it kind of pays off because she um pretends to pass out uh from them electrocuting her and when they aren't paying attention she grabs the one guy with uh her legs and she like pulls herself up so that the dude is hanging she'd have to be very strong so it's also very impressive in that way um, and she, like, breaks his neck and then uses her toes to get the keys and unlock the lock that's, like, over her head. It's very acrobatic. But very in line with the Harley Quinn character. Mm-hmm. And then she takes the combat boots and she also ends up ripping her dress um, to use as, like, a weapon later on, which is also just sort of our, like third outfit variation for her which again i just love a good costume change but it also does a really good job of kind of bringing the more um formal dress into her like hot topic aesthetic Mm -hmm. also with the combat boot scene i was Mm -hmm. just so much i was just so happy that they were like okay, she's going to wear practical shoes for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. so she can actually do all this action instead of making her run in, like, boot heels with the tiniest heel ever on the back. It was, like, a little thing, but I was just like, yay, Harley's wearing practical shoes. Yeah, and then she had the really fun action scene again where she's fighting her way out of the building it's the one you see in the trailer where she's in the red dress and she's like spinning in the hallway with the two guns um at one point near the end there starts being all these like flowers and birds and stuff everywhere and i wasn't entirely sure how i felt about it i liked the idea of it i don't know if i liked the choice Like, the exact choice of what they picked with the flowers and stuff. I just, I don't feel like when I think of Harley Quinn, I think of flowers. Like, I feel like I would have preferred something else to be flying everywhere. I I didn't mind the flowers too much. I just think I wish they'd gone a little further with it. Yeah. Like, it just felt like it kind of happened. But it was like, 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 and stop saying like so much. It was just something I wish they had gone a bit further with. Yeah, they kind of needed to over, not not overcommit, but they needed to commit a bit more to it. It was a really good idea that the execution was just, like, a tiny bit off. Especially with, like, how colorful it was. Like, I feel like even if it was simply just, like, more, like, red and black, like, just her colors. Or, like, I don't know, more goth or more something. Uh, I would have liked that a lot. But it also didn't ruin anything. I just thought, oh, this is neat. And then it ended. Yeah. So if it, it could have ruined it, but again, they were smart enough not to go too far if they didn't want to go all the way. Yeah. So they kept it simple and then they moved on. And then they had a really cute scene where as she's leaving, she sees the other team who are getting prepared to rescue her. And she goes over to ask what they're doing. 
and Rick is like, oh, we're like rescuing you. And she gets so emotional that they were coming to save her, which is really, really cute. And mm-hmm. um, again, it's like a really uh, like cute bonding moment. And she was like, oh, I can go back in so you can save oh, me. Oh, I love that line. Which was, it was so cute. Yeah. She's like, well, I could just go back inside. Yeah, oh. which again was just a really efficient way of establishing and making stronger those relationships in like a very short amount of time it kind of shows you what like good dialogue can do like good dialogue can do a lot in a very short time Mm -hmm. so then the whole team is now on the way to the big tower and they have brain dude who they're like uh you know you're gonna let us in with your eye scan and your whatever so they get into the building. Like, there's some cool action scene, especially when the rain starts. They just have some really great visuals with the rain, how they can, like, disappear into it. Oh, yeah, the rain. That was another, like, it was just a very, yeah, simple detail that led to really good details. It was, it visuals, I mean. It was very brief, too, but it was, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. And then they quickly got in, they locked the building up, uh, they kill the few guards that are in the way, and then they start getting ready to blow things up. Yeah, so this team splits up. Two of them are going up the building to set a bunch of explosives, and then s- some of them go downstairs. I forget why. Why are they going downstairs? Sit, uh, put more explosives. Oh, okay. Hmm. So down the stairs is uh, Rick, Ratcatcher, and... Uh, peacemaker then follows them when he wasn't supposed to right is that the three of them uh, oh and the brain it's, guy it's supposed it's the thinker uh rick flag and rat catcher go to the what we what we now know is the experiment lab yeah so what they uh, find downstairs is which uh we found this out a little bit earlier when we were with the villains but basically the monster is this big space starfish and its whole thing, which is very gross and creepy, is out of its, like, sides, it'll release all these baby starfish. And they'll, like, do the face hugger thing and latch onto your face. And then now you're dead, basically, and they control you. And it's very... They, that's a difference from the comic, which yeah. I thought was an interesting and probably a good choice. How In the comic, the comic, if the star... Starro, if he gets a star on your face, you can just... You can rip it off, mm. and you're fine. But in this one, they make it very clear. Once that thing's on your face, you're dead. Yeah. And it just controls your corpse. Um, and it's, like, a lot more disturbing. It was very disturbing, and it, it also uses the humans it's attached to to talk. And I did... I, I like this part, because it made... um Like, the monster is also... Uh, sympathetic because it's being held captive by the brain dude um it's just like held prisoner and it's like begging them to let them out um and i wasn't sure if i was interpreting this correctly but is it implied that the brain guy like raped the starfish what you didn't notice this <laughs> what Okay, when the starfish is talking to Ratcatcher through the people in the cages, 
it says like oh you have to let me out he's like doing terrible things to me he had his way with me and then Ratcatcher looks at brain guy weird and he like makes this weird face and then later when the the starfish gets free it grabs brain dude and brain guy is like i admit i crossed the line i think it's just he was torturing it for the experiment okay I mean, it said I, it I had its way with I don't me, think which that's just what is normally meant. what that means. No, I don't think that's what they meant. Okay. Anyway, Rick Flag, or uh, the thinker quickly tells them, hey, do you think this tiny island nation in the middle of nowhere was running this experiment? No, it was the U.S. Mm-hmm. The giant government was running it. Yeah. And so, Rick Flag gets really mad. Yeah, so they basically they were sent there to kind of they thought they were being sent there to destroy a monster thing, but they're actually being sent there to destroy the evidence that the U.S. was involved with this monster thing. And so, yeah, Rick Lack gets, Rick, Rick, not Rick Lax, Rick Flag. I think Rick Lax is a weird Facebook magician. Anyway, Rick, Rick Flag gets really upset. Um, and they did such a better job up until this point of making him, like, a likable character. Like, he, he hasn't even really had that much, um, dialogue or anything, but establishing him and Idris Elba's, like, previous relationship and having them be friends and having him be, like, friendly with the rebels, they just, and then him and Harley kind of had a few moments after he came to rescue her. They just did a much better job establishing him as a character for when he dies shortly. Um, I was genuinely upset about it. Whereas, like, if in the first movie he had died, I wouldn't have cared because he was very boring. Yes, I did not like Rick Flag in the last movie. He was boring. Yeah. This movie, he's much more likable. Much more likable. So very happy about. And when he does, when John Cena comes in and says he had a secret second mission to make sure that all the data was destroyed, and then he kills him. Yeah. Uh, like I was genuinely sad. And Which also, again, it showed John Cena's character because from like a bad guy to a villain. And it makes so much, again, it makes so much sense with his character because his whole thing is, like, peace no matter what. And it's, like, this country, yeah, sure, our country did a really bad thing, but if we tell people about it, then it will cause, like, chaos and dissent, and that's that not could, peace. That could da- put in danger the peace. Even though that would be morally the right thing to do, you know? Um, which is just so in line with his character, which I really like. But, yeah, so Rick Lack, he, like, steals the, like, a data thing from the computer um and then he's trying to like leave with it to take it to the press and that's when john cena reveals like which also explains why he followed them downstairs and so he's like i can't let you leave with that and it's um it's it's a good fight because it's like they neither of them want to kill each other um but they care about what they're trying to do more and it's uh yeah pretty brutal and john cena ends up stabbing him with like a bathroom tile which was really intense oh also right before the fight happens um all of the explosions go off which happened earlier than was supposed to happen um so while they're fighting they're fighting in a bunch of rubble and that is i think it cracks the glass to the container that was holding the big starfish Yes. Uh, so, Star was getting out, 
now, but like it's still slow. He's still in the middle of breaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Rick Flag is dead. Yeah. And Ratcatcher sees the drive, sees that, what like understands the situation, and she takes the drive and starts running. She saw John Cena sort of like through a broken wall kill him, and Rick had like thrown the the drive by accident or something i think when he was mm-hmm. in the midst of dying <laughs> so she grabbed it and runs away with it now so now john cena is running Rick after Flag's her last words were like peacemaker what a joke yeah and it was like it made john cena upset and yeah. angry and uh rat catcher i think agreed she's like you're just kind of being evil at this point yeah yeah well she's definitely like the most moral of them all so of course mm-hmm. she would want to show it to the press so she runs away. So she, so she away. takes it and she starts running away. And, and uh, John, John Cena, Cena catches up to her. Yeah. And so he's like threatening to murder her. And she's like, please don't murder me. <laughs> and and I liked I... how they kind of, or I thought it was interesting how they framed it, where she's like, you could just destroy the drive. Like, you could destroy the evidence. And he's like, no, I want peace guaranteed. And yeah. you could, like, you existing could be evidence. Mm-hmm. which could put the peace at risk which it's yeah. like such a that's a such a stretch mm-hmm. but it kind of goes to show he's not very good at the whole peace thing himself yeah. so then we go back in time and we see what our like other squad was doing which they're basically just putting bombs up on all the floors and oh we totally forgot okay so way before all of this happened, um, this is one of the scenes that were too much for me. The bad guy, bad guy, the general who's now in charge after the president was murdered, he burns all of the birds alive who we saw in the previous scene. And that was one of the scenes that I just like really genuinely disturbed me um, and was like far too much. And I wish that that wasn't in the movie. Anyway, moving on. Um <laughs> So they're upstairs in the offices. They're uh, setting up the bombs. The okay. army comes in to attack Wait, no, them. before that. Yeah, so the army shoots Milton, who's the bus driver. This is, I love this scene. Polka Dot Man is so upset about this. And he, I just, I loved how upset he was. And he tells the other people after they killed the guards, he's like, oh, they killed Milton. And the others are like, Idris Elba's like, Milton was still here. And, it, um... Harley Quinn didn't even know who Milton was because she never, like, knew his name. And I just really liked how upset Polka Dot Man was. And um, mm-hmm. then there's also, like, a little... They all end up coming over to the body to, like, see who Milton was. And Polka Dot Man is so upset with them for not knowing. And he's like, oh, he sacrificed himself to help us and, like, bloody blur. And they're just surprised he was even there in the first place. And... Um, I really liked, like, Idris Elba was like, what did he say to him? He's like, I didn't even know you liked Milton. And Polka Dot Man was like, I liked him from the very beginning. I just didn't say anything. And I just thought that that was like, I don't know. It was just a very cute little scene that was very, like, it very much characterized Polka Dot Man for me. It was a really, it was a cute scene. I liked how Polka Dot Man, they showed his humanity side by being like, guys, you died. You should care. And just no one did. And that's when more guards come in and Polka Dot Man shoots them with all his polka dots. But when Milton had died, he dropped a bunch of bombs. 
and they hit the bombs, and that's why the bombs went off too early. For the record, this scene is why I think they're fire, because that's how they set off the bomb. Is they, like, burned it, and that made it explode. I mean, I... I don't think you would just cut a bomb and it would explode. I don't know. I don't know how bombs work. I think it's fire. Okay. But anyway, Polkadot Man sets off the explosives. Basically, the whole building's falling apart. Mm -hmm. And they did a really cool thing when Idris Elba's character... Uh, starts falling down oh, wait. the floor. No, wait, before that, though, which I agree, but we'll get back to that, because this is very important. So while they are all doing this stuff, like upstairs, uh, Shark, King Shark, um, finds an aquarium room, and he makes friends with these little, like, jellyfish-looking things that keep, like, copying the shape of him, and he's so excited. And this is another thing that genuinely upset me. So when the building explodes, the aquarium breaks. And so we have sort of like everything fills with water and then the top part of the, the building starts to fall off um, and everyone has to like get off the building. So his, his little friends are released and then they aren't friends. They're like carnivore things and they all start attacking him and shark he's just so upset about it. And then he falls off the building and then the, the, the army like kills him and I thought he died at first and I was like genuinely very upset that he, he he was so happy to make these new friends and his friends betrayed him and then he fell off a building and died and that he was just die, though. I know he didn't die which makes it better but I was still very sad that these I just feel like the jellyfish being mean was unnecessary um but... I thought it was funny no <laughs> It was sad. I just, it's funny in the sense that he's very resilient. He just, no. life just does not want to cut him any breaks. Uh, but yeah, but, so they have a classic movie scene where they're like out running a falling building. It was very well done though. It was. I really liked it. But yes, Idris Elba, his, so he jumps on like a piece of floor that's like not very well. Uh, he falls actually. Um, that's not very well like, you know, secured because the building just mm -hmm. blew up. And it he, like, didn't fall that far. And he's kind of like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then the floor that he's on falls again. And then it he it goes, like, throughout the building where he'll, like, land. And then the, the weight of the landing, which is now him plus, like, multiple floors, will break the next floor. And he just keeps going down, like, floor by floor, but mm -hmm. only falling, like, a short amount each time. Which was a great way to get him, like down a long distance yeah. without it being like, oh, he has a super suit, so he's fine. Yeah. But it's I, like, no, I, the building just fell very shortly many times. I love that. It was very, like, it was fun to watch and also, like, unique. Like, I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, like, very, uh, it was a very, like, fun way for them to solve that problem. And so... He falls to the bottom floor, and he sees John Cena about to kill Ratcatcher. Uh, and so the two of them fire the bullets at each other uh, to try and kill the other one. And uh, John Cena fired a big bullet, and Bloodsport, following John Cena's advice from earlier, uses a tiny bullet. Yeah. Which shatters his big bullet and kills him. Yeah. Which was just very cool, and it was kind of like, finally, Idris Elba is officially declared better than John Cena. Mm -hmm. And now the starfish is getting out, so they all 
run out of the building and the starfish like breaks out and start starts it releases um, its little baby things yeah and it starts attacking the city um and amanda waller says you know well, you guys what well rat catcher is the one that figures out as long as your face is like not exposed it can't get to you yeah like they aren't very smart babies so if they can't get to you within one grab they kind of just die um Which i thought yeah, was so- interesting Although I was a little annoyed that they were just able to, like, swing their arms around. And I was like, has no one else thought about trying that? Yeah, it was a little convenient that they were the only ones who didn't get a face hugger. I Mm -hmm. thought, at first, I thought that the... I thought it was going to be something because of the previous begging when they had gone downstairs. And the starfish was like, oh, let me out. Um, I thought that the starfish was, like, not attacking them on purpose. Because it was like didn't see them as villains since they are the ones who like released it um but it i don't think that was the case like they never say anything like that which i would have appreciated because i feel like that would have made sense uh i would have just liked it if they had a little more into like why they were the only ones not affected yeah and i thought just oh they swatted their arms i thought it was maybe gonna be like oh they all had masks on but like they didn't so (laughs) Um, but yeah, so Amanda Waller orders them to leave and they decide to like break orders and go save the city anyway. And I, I, I honestly, I think I would have liked it better if they left. I, I was fine with them staying because these particular characters were all the ones that they were bad, but they weren't like they weren't that bad as it's bad, true. which they did set up before. That's true. Idris Elba never just killed, uh, was not just like murdering for fun. He only did it for the job, and yeah. like he didn't want needless death in yeah. that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. And like Polka Dot Man's not a terrible person. Harley Quinn showed us before she does have some morals. Yeah, uh, but Rat also Catcher's moralistic, and King Shark's just kind of dumb and does whatever the what everyone else does. Ratcatcher definitely makes sense. I did like how they har- handled Harley Quinn when they told them to leave. She just kind of shrugged and she didn't really care. But mm-hmm. when they went back, it was like because she for some reason she was like, "Oh, this is what the javelin's for." So she was more excited to use the javelin than anything. Yes. That was a clever way to use Harley Quinn there. Yeah, because she wouldn't really care either way, but. She's like, oh, the javelin, I need to find its purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the biggest problem I have with the movie. This scene right here, which yeah. is they're walking, they are disobeying Waller's orders. Yeah. And Waller is getting mad and she's like, guys, I'm going to blow your heads off. Come back. And they aren't listening. Uh, so Waller's about to blow their heads off and her office team just knocks her out. Yes. And my issue with it is, which I know you you just said yes, so you agree with me. I do. Is that I love the character of Amanda Waller, mm-hmm. but Amanda Waller is hard to get right. Yes. Because Amanda Waller is supposed to be powerful enough that she can stand up to Superman, but she has no actual superpowers. She just has such good political power. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, I was like, very upset that the way they defeated her was just a 
conk on the head. Well, especially because, like, when she wakes up, she just seems kind of annoyed. When I was, like, mm-hmm. everyone in that office should be dead when she wakes up. What I would have... I would have been... I would have rather Bloodsport convince her, mm. like, hey, this star thing's probably going to come to the U.S. We'll have to deal with it then. Or if Amanda Waller's like, hey, guys, I'm just going to nuke the island. And then this team is like, hey, that's going to kill the ho- everyone on the island. Can we try and stop it? And she's like, makes no difference to me. Yeah. The nukes are dropping in 10 minutes. Yeah. Stop it before then or we're dropping them. You're right. I like that. That would have been Or nicer. even if, even if they had done this scene, I would have been more fine with it had Waller got proper, like, had done proper revenge on yeah. her staff members after. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they kind of frame it like she's just like, wow, that was annoying. And it's like, yes. no, she would not react. Like, she, her, kind of like you said, is like, she's very powerful, but also that's very tenuous because she's exerting her power over people who objectively have more power than her yes. in in so many ways so her the perception of her having power is very important so yeah. them breaking like the line of command like that and knocking her out would be a serious offense to mm-hmm. the power that she needs to have in order to basically not die at this point so this wasn't my idea. I read it online somewhere, or I saw it online somewhere, but it wasn't my idea, but I like it so much. I can't remember who thought of it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know how earlier in the film she talks about how she needs to golf with a senator to, like, uh, get better at it? So yeah. she has to, she's, like, practicing. Yeah. I would have loved it if in that scene she had, like, her task force X building had blown up and all her staff died. As, like, a sense of, like, you guys betrayed me, so you have to go. Because she's such a, the, you, she's such a person that would do that. What does that have to do with the golf? Oh, I would have liked it if she, while she was on the golf course, she, like, got a call. Oh. And they were like, hey, the whole building blew up. And then they, like, or she saw a video of it blowing up. Yeah. Or she was out there. Just because they set up the golf too. scene. Yeah, I would have liked that too. I mean... Just, I wanted... There should have been consequences. And I know they kind of say they were with the post credit scene. Oh. But like, those I are not consequences. I didn't see the post credit scene. What happened? Okay, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you... Later? Uh, actually, I'll, <laughs> I will tell you now then. Uh, <laughs> okay. My brain kept saying, like, I'll tell you, and then I moved on. I was like, wait, no, I have to actually say it. And there's there's two post-credit scenes. You probably saw the... Did you see the one with Weasel? Yeah. Yeah, Weasel get Weasel's live. It's just kind of a joke. Yeah. Uh, then at the very end, Peacemaker... They reveal Peacemaker's alive in oh. the hospital. Okay. He is resilient. And then uh, Amanda Waller's staff... Their punishment is that they have to work with Peacemaker more. Oh, that's stupid. And it's like, I get that you're saying this is their punishment, but like that just seems like their normal job, but they have to work with someone who's slightly more annoying. Yeah, I would assume they have to work with annoying people all the time. I just wanted consequences for this beyond her just being annoyed. Well, the lack of it is just like severely out of character for Amanda Waller. 
Which is weird because everything up to that point was so, was, such a good Amanda Waller. Yeah. Viola Davis is so good for this part. When she was cast last time, I was like so happy. And when she came back for this one, even though she doesn't need to do these movies. Yeah. Like she is, no offense to this movie, she's better than them just because she's Viola Davis. She can do whatever she wants. But she comes back and she does such a great job. And then they just kind of ruined her character with that one scene for the rest of the movie. And I was like, oh. Yeah. No, that's that is so not something she would have just like let go. Um, so yeah, then they have, you know, classic big monster fight. Um, Mm -hmm. they, I liked how they end up resolving it. Oh, before we get there, Polka Dot Man, um, gets killed in this fight. He gets smushed by a big leg of the starfish after he, he chopped it with a bunch of Polka Dots. But But I liked how his final moments was him being a hero. Yes, me too. That kind of stopped it. Like, it's still very sad, but it's kind of like... At least he he was so sad most of the movie, and he was very happy, and he was like, I'm a fucking superhero, and, like, you know he felt really good. So it's like, at least he died happy, which is, like, kind of the most you can ask from this movie in a lot of ways. Yes, um, yes. He was just going through, like, so much stuff the whole time. Yeah. And then at the end, he finally got to feel not Empowered. like a freak or a crazy person, just, like, someone doing a good thing. Yeah. Um, how they ended up killing the starfish was smart, but very fucking gnarly. Like, really hard to watch. I, this is the exact reason I'm scared of swarms of bugs that are, like, small enough to get, like, inside of you. This exact reason. Like, I don't, ugh, gross. So, Ratcatcher ends up, like, turning on her, her rat light, and the rats are just eating the starfish from the inside basically and harley quinn like millions of rats just climbing this thing completely taking it over oh it's such a brutal way for it to die too woof and uh harley like runs and stabs it well she doesn't really stab it in the eye she kind of flies through its eyeball which also gnarly but interesting visuals Mm -hmm. um and the rats all like swim in and start oh god it's such a it's such a gross way to die. And I, the starfish was like definitely in the wrong because it wanted to take over a city. But I also feel bad for it because we kidnapped it from space where it was living and took it here and then tortured it for years and then just murdered it in this very brutal way when it was just kind of like trying to do its normal thing, you know? I felt bad for Starro. I, well, I didn't feel bad for Starro. I shouldn't say that, but I I understood he just felt like he was tortured for years, so we deserve to be tortured for years. And it's like, I understand you're in a lot of pain. Well, it wasn't torture, though. Like, it's just, I just saw it as like, it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's like a cheetah, I don't know, killing an animal to eat it. You know, it's just a normal thing. Yes. I, yes, I like that description. But I, I felt bad in the sense that like, it died a very gruesome death. Yeah. But also, it was killing a lot of people. No, like a it, lot of people got those star things on its face. It, it had to be stopped, but like I, I still sympathized with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it was a very clever way to uh, kill him because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's probably a lot of rats, so if she can control them all, that's a great way to do it. 
Yeah. I related to Idris Elba's character Fear Rats because he's terrified of them. So this scene, he's literally just crouched underneath him. Yeah. Where Ratcatcher has a hand on him supporting him. Yeah. Uh, so as you know, I don't like rats and mice very much. I am not. I find them disturbing and disgusting and I have a deep fear of them. But uh, so I was like, Idris Elba, I feel you, bro. I feel you. It's okay. You're saving the world right now. So that whole scene, I was kind of like this. But also, this movie kind of made the map rats endearing. The, yeah, the head rat is, like, so cute. Um, And then the last scene is... um, oh, I guess there's one more scene before that. So Idris Elba uses the... Um, the like data that he has to blackmail Amanda Waller into letting them all be free basically he's like you know if you let us be free and like don't fuck with us I won't release this information and um so she agrees to let them all be free and um then the very last one is when they're all on the plane and the little head rat is like on his leg and he's like he decides to try to pet it, even though he's obviously still very scared. And I just thought that that was a very, very cute, like, final scene. Yeah. Uh, and the, I, the thing I liked about particularly Idris Elba and Ratcatcher's dynamic mm-hmm. is uh, Idris Elba and Ratcatcher earlier in the film promised to save each other. Yeah. And then they both kept that promise. Yeah. Like, no. he saved her from... Uh, peacekeeper or peacemaker. That's true. And she saved him from Starro. That's true. They did. So I just thought that was cute. That like he had a he had a bonding with her. Yeah, I really like the that, relationship. Like, really went through the whole thing. There was also a scene where his uh, daughter saw them saving the the city on TV, and she was like, "That's my dad." And again, I just found that a little bit too genuine for this movie. Eh, I liked it. So, final thoughts. Uh, I was very happy with this movie. Like, there were a few times where I'm like, ugh, why? Yeah. With just Amanda Waller, mostly, Mm -hmm. that final part. But honestly, it was a good movie to get back to theaters. Um, I liked it. It was was pretty good. Definitely my favorite DC movie I've seen, but uh, I've in no way seen all of them. Um... Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fun movie. It's not um, quite as good as I wanted it to be, but I had very hopeful expectations for it. So that's not, it's still, I would still call it a good movie. Um, I kept my expectations low because uh, a lot of DC movies, especially recently, I get excited for and then they're just not good enough and then I get disappointed. So this one, yeah. I went into it like, it's going to be fine and nothing more. Yeah. Just to keep myself in check. And then yeah. it was better than fine. So I was happy. It's definitely better than fine. It's pretty good is what I would say. <laughs> I'd say it's like a a B, a B plus. Yeah. Not a level movie, but like it did a good job and a little more than what it needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Very good assessment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was so, uh, yeah. The Suicide Squad. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. We'll see you next time at the campfire. Yeah. Oh, wait. Recording. Music.
stop recording. Uh, thank you.